What's up? How you guys doing? Man, I am so stoked to be with you here this morning. And I just want to say this, that maybe you, you may have never been to church before. In fact, you may not even, you may, this may be your first time here and you've showed up and you kind of don't know what to say or believe about the whole God thing or Jesus thing. You may not even believe the Bible. And I want to say that's okay because you came in a great time because we're talking about some things that you don't even have to believe the Bible in order for you to know that this is true. In fact, it's my prayer is that some of the things that we're going to be looking at today and over the course of this series called Destinations, that you're going to realize that the stuff in the Bible works and you're going to start trusting it and believing it. And because it works, you're going to to realize, hey, this might be truth and you're going to start trusting God in more areas and reading the Bible and that's really kind of, I'm going to say, it's kind of one of our biggest goals here at One Church because we know we have people who show up all the time who they just, they don't believe in Jesus. They don't believe the Bible is God's word. We believe, we believe that, but we know that you don't. So we're going to ask you to just kind of try to put some of these principles in place and by you doing that, you're going to find out that it works and you just might start believing that what God has to say is relevant and true for your lives. One of the things we talked about last week, and, and to be honest with you if, you, if you weren't here last week, this is a huge thing. I don't say this a lot, but you need to get on the podcast. You need to go on iTunes. You need to go and watch it on the website because it is really integral to what we're going to be going and where we're going to be going over the next five weeks. Because last week we talked that our... Our direction determines our destination. Our direction determines our destination. That you may intend to go some places in your life. In fact, you may intend to like go to like Florida. You pack your bags, you get everything together, you may put it on Facebook, hey, we're going to Florida. And you may pack your bikini or your Speedos, guys. Nobody wants to see it, throwing that out there. But whatever you pack, you may have wonderful intentions of going south to go to Florida. But if you head north on 24, you're never going to get there. That's what we're talking about today. So our direction, not our intention, determines our destination. Now, here's a quick question for you. How many of y'all have ever maybe been lost in a vehicle, and you stopped and you asked directions, and somebody gave you bad directions. Anybody? All right. Uh, so, I mean, you stopped and you asked directions. You did the right thing. And somebody, whoever you asked, they were more lost than you were. Right? Or how many of y'all have ever maybe had a map? Y'all remember maps, don't you? I mean, it's amazing in this day and age. I mean, you can't even buy maps. I was going to buy a map today to bring in, kind of hold it up. I can't find one. I've been to a few gas stations. They don't sell maps no more. Why? Because our smartphones has the GPS right on it. But y'all remember maps? I remember living in Dallas and we, oh, I ended up purchasing a map trying to get to different places because I, I, I clean pools for a living. I was a cabana boy. So, um, and I remember trying to find some of these places in Dallas, and um, the map I had purchased was too old, and things had changed, and and roads had, the the names had been changed to protect the guilty or whatever. So, I mean, amazingly enough, anytime you stop and you try to get some information about where you should be going, it matters whether or not your information is good or not. 
If you stop and you ask directions to somebody who doesn't know what they're talking about, that bad information is going to impact you negatively. You're going to become more lost. Now, here's the thing. You getting bad directions and stopping and getting bad information when you're driving and getting lost is not that big of a deal because you lose a few minutes, right? But getting and receiving bad information and getting lost in life, you don't lose minutes, but you lose years. You lose entire seasons because time is life. And none of us can backtrack because all of us, we're only, 20s, we're only in our 20s once, right? Some of you folks, you, you're thinking, you know, I'd I like to be 20s more than once. Well, it don't happen. Some of you, you're only in your 30s once, and the, and the past that you choose will impact your 30s when you're in your 20s. And the past that you choose when you're in your 30s will impact your 50s. Because you only have a just, you're only in your 20s once. Follow me on this one. You only have, you're only in high school once. You're only a senior in high school once. Maybe twice. Maybe three times. But eventually they will kick you out. You only have one first year of college. Right? You only have one first marriage. You only have one first job. You only have one first child. And it matters. If you get lost by receiving bad information, it will impact all of your life. All of your area, it will impact your finances, it will impact your family because getting lost in life will absolutely jack up sometimes the rest of your life. That is huge. I mean, how do you know that he's the person you need to marry? How do you know that that's the job that you need to take? I mean, one of our questions that we received texting last week was, how do you know what God's will is? And today, we're going to be unearthing that principle today. Today, we're going to be talking about which path do you take? Because all of us, we have a lot of paths. I mean, I wish all of us had what Robert Frost had, only two paths that diverged in the yellow wood, right? But we don't have two paths. We have 15,000 that we could choose. Which one is the one that you should choose to get you to your ultimate destination? Because we only have one first marriage. Or maybe you only have one second marriage. How do you know that the second marriage that you're going to get into and you have all of your baggage and all of your stuff is going to take you where you need to go? This is huge. And today we're going to be talking about the value of getting good directions. Because receiving bad information will mess your life up. So if you have your Bibles, turn to uh, excuse me, Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4, and I was reading this, Proverbs chapter 4, about four months ago and bumped into this principle, and I thought, you know, I need to talk about this in the destinations. By the way, a lot of the stuff that we're going to be going through is found in this book, The Principle of the Path by Andy Stanley. We're selling it outside, but today is not. So we end up taking a a U-turn, a veer, a detour, because I wanted to spend some time I just bumped into this principle. We're going to be looking at six verses today in Proverbs chapter 4, starting at verse 20. We're going to be looking at six verses, and the first three verses is talking about getting good information. And the second three verses, the last three verses, is talking about what you should do with that information. Because just getting good information is key, is one of the keys to getting you where you need to go, your destination, but it's not the only key. You have to do something with the information that you receive. So our big idea today 
is in four parts. And every time we're going to throw this up there, and I want you, if you could just say the, that part. Our big idea right now is talking about what? Good information. Good information. Good information. Let's look at what Proverbs has to say. By the way, Proverbs was written by Solomon, the wisest person who ever lived. And in fact, he wrote over 3,000 Proverbs. All right? And here's one of the Proverbs he wrote in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. He said, my who? My son, my child, whichever translation you're looking at, pay attention to what I say. Then he repeats himself. Listen carefully to my words. By the way, then he repeats himself again. Don't lose sight of them. Now, why does Solomon repeat himself three times? Because we're hard-headed. I like that because it's important. Because this is something, this is a lesson that we're going to learn that we can't afford not to get. And... Hard-headed, we need to learn it, and how, how, do you have to, how many times do you have to repeat stuff to children? Millions of times. Millions, all right? Solomon is talking to us like we're young. In fact, you remember what we said about youth last week? Nothing wrong with youth, but any time that you're young, you lack wisdom. You lack judgment. Why? Because judgment and wisdom only comes from time and experience. Time and experience. And when you're young, you've not been around a long time, and you don't have a lot of experience. And every one of us has been that way. You may be 70 years old here today. You remember when you were 15, 20, 25, and you were young, and you didn't have a lot of wisdom. And what we're talking about today is how do you know what path to take when you've never been married before, and you're asked to choose somebody to get married to? That's kind of a big deal, right? You've never been married before, but you've got to choose somebody you're going to spend the rest of your life with? How do you know which path to take in marriage, in finances, in relationships? So Solomon is saying, if you want to end up in the right place, you've got to pay attention to what I, what I say. And, and what he's specifically talking about, pay attention to what I say in the words found in the Bible. I'm going to keep on reading verse 20. Listen carefully to my words. Listen carefully to the words found in the Bible. Don't lose sight of them. Don't lose sight of the words found in the Bible. Are we, are we sensing a pattern here? Now listen to these next words. Let them, what's that next word? Let them penetrate deep into your heart. Let the words found in the Bible penetrate deep into your heart. How do you let words penetrate deep into your heart? How do you let, uh, get words to penetrate deep and, and let them become a part of your fabric of your being, if you would? Well, two words, exposure and time. Everybody say that. Exposure and time. I mean, I remember, um, I, we had some friends over last night from our community group, and we were talking about one of my wife and I's favorite movies, Dumb and Dumber. Throw that out there, all right? Now, I can quote lines from Dumb and Dumber all day long. Right? I mean, it was just a goof, man. I can sit up here and for the next 45 minutes quote lines. Now, here's the thing. How do, how do I know the words and the lines from Dumb and Dumber? Because I've had exposure and time. I spent a lot of time watching Dumb and Dumber, and I spent a lot of exposure looking at it and listening to it and all this stuff. Now, here's the thing. The reason why I'm saying that is just I remember 18 years ago when it first came out, we'd all sit around, we'd watch it, we'd have fun, we'd quote the lines. And then somebody asked me, hey, Chris, do you want to memorize scripture with me? And I laughed. I'm like, I can't do that. I, you know, I can't do that. I can't, I'm not a memorizer person. 
I just can't do that. And I, immediately I heard like this still small voice, which I assume was God's voice because it was absolutely kicking me in the teeth. And he was saying, you know what, you can memorize lines from Dumb and Dumber. But you say you can't memorize lines from the love letter that I've given you. Why is that? Maybe because you've had a lot more exposure to Dumb and Dumber than my word. Maybe you've spent more time watching Dumb and Dumber than you have spending reading my word. And I'm like, ooh, that hurts. And sometimes it does. It reminds me, exposure and time, that's how you get penetration deep into your heart. My wife makes the best sweet tea in the world. All right? How many of y'all have had her sweet tea? Anybody? Because some of y'all are like, oh, praise Jesus. Wonderful sweet tea. All right? Now, here's the thing. Let me, you know how you make tea? Well, you take a pot filled with water, and you put some tea bags in it. And you know what happens to that water? It starts changing. The, the, the tea starts penetrating in the water because there's been exposure in time. You see, many of us, how, if you want to know what direction you want to go, if you want to know having the good information that's going to point you to the direction, to the destination you want to get up, then let me tell you what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to spend time in God's Word. There's no easy way around that. There's no simple way of sugarcoating it. And some of you are like, you have great intentions. I plan on reading the Bible one day. In fact, I'm planning on reading through the Bible before I die. I mean, you have great intentions. But intentions doesn't determine where you're going to end up, do they? And I'm just going to say this, and I'm going to get off of this. Some of you, you're like, it may be a thing where you don't know where to begin in the Bible, or you don't understand the Bible. I'm going to say this as clear as I know how. One of the things and ways, how we do things here at One Church, the second Sunday of every month, we do something called starting point. And starting point happens after both services, You can come, you can listen for 30 minutes about starting point. You can get you a book. And for the next 10 weeks, you're going to be understanding and somebody's going to show you how all of these puzzle pieces of the Bible fit together so that you can understand it. We're taking away every excuse you might have. So what are you waiting on? Literally, you can leave here, you can go to the hub table, and you can sign up for a starting point. But let me tell you, it's going to take you being consistent during those next 10 weeks for you to understand how it all fits together. It's huge. If you want good information, then you have to get into God's Word and get off of Facebook. Facebook will not change your life. Twittering will not change your life. You're going to get some information. Some of it might be good, but if you want good information 100% of the time, then you're going to have to change what you're doing and how you're doing it to get the good information you need to put you in the right path. Everybody understand why I'm going here? So good information is part of it. That's the first three verses. But let's look at the next three verses because... Good information is only half of it, but I want to end in verse 23. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it will determine the course of your life. You can substitute the word heart for values, because what you read, what you listen to, who you listen to, what you look at on the internet, the books, all this stuff will influence what you're doing. It will influence the direction that you're going to be going and whether or not you get good information or not. The key to getting to your destination, one of the keys is getting good information, but it's not the only key. Look at the next verse. This is in 25. 
Because you can have all the good information, all the goals that you have in the world, but just having a dream will not make it become reality. Look at what it says. You must, verse 25, look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Now, he said just in verse 23 that guard your heart for it will determine the course of your life. We're talking about paths and courses. But look at verse 25. Look straight ahead. And this is the next part in our big idea. You've got to have good information. It's key. But you must do something with that information. You've got to have some concentration. You've got to have some concentration. If you know which way to go, if you know you need to be going this way, but you look this way, what's going to happen? If I'm going this way, but I'm looking this way, what's going to happen? I'm going to jack myself up. Absolutely mess myself up. Because wherever you're pointed and wherever your eyes, wherever you're focusing on, that is the direction you're going to go. How many of y'all were driving, texting, or looking behind your shoulder, and you veered into a lane? And praise God you didn't have a car there. Okay, some of you are like, there was a car there. We'll talk later. Right. But see, concentration is the key. Good information, yes, but you got to be looking where you're headed. You can't be going 70 miles down an hour down the road going this way, looking that way, because you won't be going this way for that much longer. Concentration is part of it. How many of you, I, I have a dog, and our dog, anytime a squirrel gets anywhere close, I, I, it's a Weimaraner. That dog will go on full point. I mean, I mean, I've never hunted with the dog. That dog, I mean, just was looking. I, I mean, y- y- y'all remember seeing the movie Up, right? And the dogs in there, dog, squirrel, squirrel, and just like, whoa, whoa, what happened? We were having a conversation. You see, they get so focused on something that everything else they forget about, and that is exactly how God wants us to do as well. He wants us to get so focused on a point, on a goal, on a destination, on that good information we just received, that we say no to a lot of other stuff. And hear me, if you're going to be going in a direction, going one way, that means you're saying no to a lot of other different ways. And that's okay. You have to be okay with that. So there's good information plus concentration, that means you're intentionally going to one point and saying you're no to everything else, plus the word is action. Action. Again, you can have all the good information you want to, and you may focus on a goal, but if you never move your feet, you ain't getting there. You know what I mean? You are not getting there. You have to move your feet, you have to focus on what is ahead of you, and you got to have good information for you to end up at your desired destination. That's what he says. Look at verse 26. Mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe path. The word for mark out a straight path in the original language literally means to dig through, to prepare a road. I mean, how many of y'all have ever seen construction crews prepare a road? How long does it take? A couple of days? Maybe a week? No. It takes months. Sometimes years. It takes a lot of planning because you get them out there and you have the, the you see them with the tripods and they have that little thing and the, they're turning the dials, right? I don't know what that's called, what they're doing, but I assume it's something important. 
all right? And, and then after they do that, you know, they got to come and they got to prepare the land. And sometimes you got to blast through rocks or limestone. You dig through it, all of this stuff. I mean, it's not an overnight process. And what he's saying here is that you can have all the goals and dreams in the world, but if you don't have any strategies and plans and work them, you're never going to get there. And I've got to be honest with you, this is the hard work right here. This is hard work. Just as it is hard work, bur- you know, tunneling through a mountain or making something level so that you can have a straight path, it takes a lot of sweat and a lot of work, and you can't quit. You can't quit. You can't quit, quit when you hit some granite. You got to keep on digging. You got to keep on burrowing. I mean, some of you, you're like, you know, I read the Bible and I started reading the Bible, and you know, it got, it got hard. Well, you know what? My mama always told me a few things. Number one, never shop around. Number two, the best things in life are always going to be hard and difficult. I mean, it's just, it's just hard. And you can't quit. You have to persevere. You got to have a goal. You got to fixate your eyes on that goal. And then you got to dig. You got to claw. It takes hard work. Now, the last thing. The last thing you're going to need is good information. Everybody say good information. Good information. Concentration. Everybody say concentration. The next thing you need is action. Everybody say action. The last thing you're going to need is something called course correction. Everybody say course correction. You see, when you receive good directions, good information, and you look at where you're going, and you put it in drive, you're going to be driving, but, you know, every little bit, you're going to have to have some course corrections. Because, there's some, I mean, we don't drive in a straight path, and the roads that we're on are not straight. Sometimes they're curvy. Look at what it says in verse 27. It says, don't get sidetracked. Just quick, I mean, I wonder how many of us would just be honest enough to say, it says, I've been sidetracked in life. I've been there. I've, I've, I've taken a detour. I've gotten sidetracked. It says, don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. Here's the thing, guys. All of us have been sidetracked, haven't we? All of us have taken detours, shortcuts, that we found out really aren't that short. Some of you, you may have, been, you may have taken some shortcuts to intimacy. And you said, you know what, I think I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take some, I'm, I'm just going to lop off some edges so that I can get my needs filled. Shortcuts never take you where you want to go. Some of you may have taken some shortcuts when it comes to your finances. And you thought, you know what, my parents, they have this right now and they've accumulated this over 60 years. I want what they have when I'm 20. And we take shortcuts when it comes to finances. We take shortcuts and we, we take credit, we, get, we, we open up credit cards with 20%, 22% interest. And we pay the minimum payment every month and we wonder how come that never goes down. Because it will never go down. When you pay the minimum payment, paying 22%. You must make constant course corrections because just being pointed in the general direction of something and being a few de- degrees off, it will impact where you're going to end up. I got a friend. In fact, I'm going to embarrass him because he's a lot smarter than him. His name is Bill. Bill Wavin. Bill, you know what Bill does for a living? Number one, he's a genius. 
because he's a, what he does, he's, a, he's a, a volunteer firefighter. But what he does to make ends meet is he pushes 10. He is an air traffic controller at Fort Campbell, which is cool. So I called my, my, my friend Bill. Him and I have been in the community group together. I said, Bill, Mr. Bill, that's what my son Bing calls him. I says, if I was just four degrees off, let's say if I was in New York City, and I, I, I went on a plane, I got on a plane, and before we took off, the compass was just off four degrees. Not, not that big. And I wanted to go to L.A. What would happen? Where would I be? This is what my friend Bill told me because I don't know how to do the computations. He said this, if we were just four degrees off, going from New York City to L.A., just, just, I mean, just, just a small smidgen, I would be 164 miles off when I, when I was supposed to be in L.A. L.A. would be over here, and I would be in a little place called Mexico. Okay? Because just being a few degrees off, it matters. In fact, and here's a principle, the longer you go down a path that's just a few degrees off, the more off you're going to be. Where you thought it was going to end up, Ain't gonna, ain't gonna, you got to make constant course corrections. In fact, airplanes, they make constant course corrections by ways of something called waypoints. All right? So you get up and they're flying and they make course corrections. And they're always making course corrections to make sure that you don't end up in a little place called Mexico, but you end up in a place called Los Angeles. All right? So th that is huge. That is huge. You, get, you, you have to make constant course corrections. I'm sorry, I'm thinking of jokes. All right. That do not need to be said. So I'm going to move on. All right. Now let me just, I want to list some things, uh, some bad information, if you will. Because some of you, you have chosen some bad information. And you're wondering, why, how, how come I'm not getting where I'm going? Because you got bad info. Some of you, you got great info. But you're not making course corrections on it. Let me just throw some stuff out, all right? Romantic relationships, these are huge, all right? Some of you, you got some bad information because you're like, you're dating somebody that doesn't hold your spiritual values and you think that's okay and you think, you know, I'm, I'm going to change it. That's bad info, isn't it, ladies who are married? You ain't going to change nobody. You can't change him. Only God can change him. But your bad information is, you know what, I, I, I can make him a Christian. Now, let me tell you what the Bible has to say about that. The Bible says, the Bible says, and this is huge, that a Christian should marry somebody who's not a Christian. But we don't like that because he's cute. And look at his butt in those jeans, right? I mean, dadgum, he can't be all that bad. But here's the thing. That's, that's not the information. See, you're making a judgment call based on bad information. And that's never going to end well for you. Let me give you another one. Uh, guys, window shopping. You're married, but you just like looking. Window shopping doesn't bother anybody, does it? doesn't hurt anybody. That's bad information. Man, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible that says, you know, you shouldn't make, um, you, that you're to run from lust. There's a lot of stuff that says, uh, in Job 31.1, Job says, I make a covenant with my eyes to never look lustfully at a girl. 
But we think with this bad information, it's not that big of a deal. Window shopping ain't bad. Everybody's doing it, right? Or what about this? And I've heard this a lot with couples, that both the husband and the wife says, you know what, looking at pornography in our marriage is going to spice it up. Now, that's bad information. Because what it's going to do is actually tear the intimacy that you have. It's going to rip the heart right out of it. Let me give you another one. In fact, I ended up doing some research on this one. Moving in together will help me determine if he or she is the right one. That's bad information. Again, I want to, I want to read you. This is, from a, this is sociological reasons not to live together. Let's just take the Bible out of it. Those who live together before marriage are the least likely to marry each other. That if you really want to marry that individual, the best thing you can do, the worst thing you can do, excuse me, is to, is to move in with them. A Columbia University study cited that in New Woman magazine found that only 26% of women surveyed and a scant 19% of guys married the person with whom they were living with. You want it to be the kiss of death? Move in together. And again, the Bible has a lot to say about this, but let's, you may not believe the Bible, so let's look at other things. Those who live together before marriage have a higher separation and divorce rates. That you, you, some of you guys know that the divorce rate in America hovers around about 50%. Well, for those that get mar- uh, that, who live together and then get married, women, is what it says, were 80% more likely to separate or to divorce, and men are 139% more likely to separate or divorce. Guys, what are we learning about ourselves? I don't even have to say it. Listen to this. Those who live together before marriage have unhappier marriages. I mean, I could just keep on going. Those who are sexually active before marriage are much more likely to divorce. Those who have had premarital sex are more likely to have extramarital affairs as well. Because if you couldn't wait for her or him, then what's going to keep you from waiting and only being committed to one person in marriage? You see, all of these decisions... You think moving in together is is just an event. No, it's a path. It's a path. And is that path going to take you to where you want to end up? And the answer is no. I'm going to go back to my notes and and read some more of these that we've, uh, we've looked at. Let's talk about parenting. This is huge. Parents, we have this weird, weird view in today's culture that, you know what, we shouldn't discipline our kids, that our kids should be happy like little flowers. Well, let me tell you what the Bible has to say about that. Just in the book of Proverbs alone, there's about 50 mentionings of just disciplining your kids, that if you love them, you will discipline them. In fact, Solomon even goes far to says, you can can spank your children, you're not going to hurt them. Now see, that's not socially acceptable in this day and age. But just because it's not socially acceptable doesn't mean it's not good information. Now, I'm not talking about abuse, but I am talking about, I mean, I got got, my youngest son, Bing. He is, I mean, he's three years old, and he's doing, he's going into his older son's room when his older son goes to school, and we ask him, have you been in Jed's room? No. And he's got six of Jed's toys in his hand. You know, we, and we're spending a lot of time course correcting him. 
The thing of it is, that good information, and, we don't, and we're not great parents. Some of y'all are close to us. You know we got some weird stuff. we got some jacked up things or whatever. And we're not consistent all the time, and neither are you. But here's the thing. If you want to have children who want to honor the Lord and will not depart from his ways, then you're going to have to correct them. And sometimes it involves spankings. If that doesn't work, it, talk, it involves taking stuff away. It, I mean, it, it involves you correcting their course. What about finances? Signing for somebody's debt. The book of Proverbs has to say you should not sign for anybody's debt. That's bad information. Or not giving to God. You know, it's mine, so I'm going to do whatever I want to it. That's bad information. Credit card debt. You know what? It's not that big of a deal. Everybody has it. Bad information. So, or, you know, suing another Christian. I, I, I'm reading through 1 Corinthians right now, and, and I'm blogging through the Bible. And 1 Corinthians has a lot to talk about, about not suing Christians, not suing other Christians. I mean, this is huge. I mean, being consistent in your discipline. I kind of I missed that one. All of that is saying is you've got to have good information. You've got to concentrate on that information. You've got to put that information into action. And then when you're doing it, you've got to have course corrections along the way to get you to your destination. Now, as we close, I just want to say this. Some of you, there comes a point where you can get to a point of no return. It gets that way in flying airplanes. I mean, I mean, after a while, you don't have enough gas to get back. In, in life, there comes to some points of no return as well. You know, I'll give you one of, example. When you turn 60 years old, that's not the time to start thinking about retirement, is it? And investing in finances. You've missed some opportunities. You've missed some opportunities, and you've gotten too far down the road for you to do anything about it. And all your choices are bad at this point. Give you some other ones. Ladies, when you find out you're pregnant is not the time in which you start thinking about, do I love this person? You've, went and you've gone too far down the road. All your choices you have now are bad choices. There is no good choices. And some of you start blaming God, and you get angry at God, you get angry at the church, you do whatever. But really, the person you should be angry at is who? Yourself, because you've chosen a path. Smoking two packs of cigarettes all your life, and then when you turn 60, and you get mad because you have some problems, physical problems, we tend to blame God and blame other people, but really, who's to blame? Yourself. Now, does that mean that God doesn't love you? Of course he loves you. I mean, he couldn't love you anymore. But now you only have bad choices. And you've missed some opportunities. So as we close here today, I just want to encourage you. Some of you, you're like, you know what? I'm going to do that one day. I'm going to do that someday. When really today you need to be looking at is today. I want to... As I was preparing for this message, I saw somebody on version, and y'all, some of y'all know what that is. I went on there, and I was looking at these, and somebody put a note on here for this. And listen to what this person has to say about this. It's going to be on the screens. It says, the Lord has guided me, and I have seldom followed the way that is right. And I have followed my own way, which has almost always been a way that has led to nothing but pain, remorse, and negativity. I am now here trying to follow a way which is good 
in the sight of the Lord. Amen. You know, this is a person who I don't know who wrote it. It was anonymous. But a person, after reading these six verses in Proverbs, a person who just had some vulnerability and some transparency and said, when I've had a good or a bad path, I have consistently chosen the bad one. And I am the result of my own decisions. So my encouragement for you here this morning, whether you've been a Christian for years, or whether you don't even know what being a Christian is all about, is which path are you on? What are you consistently doing day after day that's going to end up where you want to be in 5, 10, 15, 30 years? What information are you listening to? Are you getting it from God's Word? Are you getting it from your girlfriends? You go clubbing out on Friday night saying you need to leave the bum. And by the way, all of them have broken marriages as well. Guys, maybe you're listening to the guys at work and you're saying you don't need to let her treat you like that. You need, you need to tell her you need to respect me or you need to, you need to get away from her. And by the way, they're all either never been married or have broken relationships. Maybe you need to get your information from a better place. And I would just like to suggest, buy the Bible. Because it's, it's true, and because it, it's true, it will work in your life. I promise. Dear Jesus, I thank you so much, Lord, for giving us this time together. Lord, for giving us just reminders. Lord, that it matters where we receive our information, whether it's good or bad. Lord, to give us reminders that wherever we're looking towards is where we will drift to. Reminders that we may have all the great information in the world, but if we take no action, we're never ever going to get to our desired destination. And a reminder that all of us get lost along the way. And we need to find that next waypoint. We need to make constant course corrections. We love you, Jesus. And it's in your name that we pray.